Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all. This is Robert Rogers. I am the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. Parkinson's Recovery is dedicated to provide information, support, and resources to individuals who currently are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease or are experiencing Parkinson's symptoms as well as their family members and friends who are interested in getting information as well. I have been searching for, I have to report, three years to be able to recruit uh, a individual who's a medical doctor and in particular a functional medical uh, doctor to be a guest on the radio show. And I am proud and pleased to report that I finally have succeeded <laughs> in my effort to uh, find someone. And so my guest today is uh, a, a person who is a functional medicine doctor who will be talking about functional medicine, Dr. Jennifer Guessman, who um, um, I'm pleased to report will uh, uh, be our guest today. So, Dr. Guessman, uh, uh, thank you very much for being a guest on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Robert. I'm so excited to be able to share information about functional medicine and, and sort of my experience with um, what I know about Parkinson's. Um, so it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Tell us all about yourself. <laughs> sure. Well, I have been a traditional medicine doctor, it's hard to believe now, for 24 years. Um, my my background came from nutrition, so I've always had this love of sort of biochemistry, if you can imagine, and how the science of the body works, but, but even more specifically, the cellular health of our body and, and how nutrition really interplays with that. Um, and I've been practicing in Dallas. I've been, you know, um, an academic physician for 10 years and then in traditional medicine for um, 12 years and now practicing functional medicine in the Dallas area. So um, I always had this kind of desire to kind of go back to lifestyle and say, you know, what happened? You know, this person wasn't born with this disease. They may have some genetics that predispose them to that, but something happened along the way that created a disease process. And usually I was able to see a lifestyle pattern that kind of played out with a disease process, and it could be, you know, any any disease process that um, you want to mention, but um, the, the lifestyle might be a little different that, that creates the disease in combination with genetics. So functional medicine really, really spoke to me uh, when I learned about that and um, just really excited um, that Jeff Bland had the opportunity to uh, learn about it and create this whole field of medicine that is just really remarkable and um, just really what I went into medicine for. So. <laughs> Listeners are familiar with medicine, but you're mm -hmm. using the term functional medicine, and some people are not quite sure what that is. What is functional medicine? Sure, that's a great question. And um, functional medicine is really taking a step back and looking at what caused the disease and fixing or trying to kind of work back from that point and 
figuring out clues to to identify what may have triggered that person's disease process. So with functional medicine, there's a process that we walk through, usually on the first appointment, where we do and create a timeline of, of the person's life and in relation specifically to maybe whatever problem that they're having at that time. And we plot out, you know, all the significant factors, you know, where did they where did they grow up, where did they live, where did they go to school, where do they work, you know, and then plot out anything that maybe was a precursor to identifying um, this disease. So say, you know, fatigue you know, when did the fatigue start? And starting there and looking at what was going on at that time and, and helping to to reverse that process. So really searching for the root cause of illness and then optimizing the cellular processes that um, are resulting in disease for that particular person. So it's, it's a lot of people really... Um, you know, well, what is functional medicine? And, and once I, you know, explain it, they're like, oh, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> and um, it, it is, it's really looking at disease as something that you can sort of fix rather than just treat the symptoms. So. How in the world did you come to get involved with functional medicine? Right. Well, like I said, you know, I had this desire and learn, um, love for biochemistry. And that really, you know, led me to learn a lot about nutrition and went to a conference, Food as Medicine, in 2008, um, where, you know, Dr. Mark Hyman, who, you know, now is at the Cleveland Clinic for Functional Medicine, was speaking um, on um, autism at the time. And I, I was fascinated with it, and that really... Uh, it caused me to to start investigating other other modalities such as integrative medicine and then subsequently functional medicine. Um, I also had the opportunity to work with uh, Dr. William Ray in Dallas. Um, I shadowed him and, and got to learn all about the environment and how it interacts with our body and um, the immune system really um, to some sometimes create disease processes. So, so all of that kind of came together, and, and now functional medicine has has given me more tools to be able to to utilize. So. What are the root causes of disease? Right. Well, in functional medicine, we believe that it, disease really results from inflammation, and and that you know, it comes from different lifestyle um, choices such as, you know, having issues with sleep or relaxation, uh, exercise, not exercising enough, uh, not having adequate nutrition, and, you know, missing nutrients that fuel our mitochondria and fuel our metabolic processes that are helping us to detox on a regular basis. Our cells are just constantly, constantly dealing with, uh, you know, toxins and even our own metabolic um, processes create uh, waste that they have to deal with. Um, stress and relationships certainly contribute to those processes in the immune system, the uh, increase of uh, the inflammatory immune response with uh, from stress, and then, of course, unhealthy relationships or healthy relationships we know 
really, really promote um, re- promote health. So uh, when you look at inflammation, you know, there's, there's causes, trauma, toxins, parasites, viruses, bacteria, all of these things contribute to inflammation and the root causes of disease. So if inflammation is the basis of disease, how does functional medicine help with inflammation? Sure. Uh, there's there's a lot of different things that happen with you know inflammation, and one of the most potent triggers of inflammation is um, reaction to bacteria or what's called the LPS molecule on bacteria. And most of our bacteria, of course, live in our gut. Um, and so, you know, optimizing the bacteria that live in your gut can really, really decrease your immune immune reactivity. Uh, especially important in the gut because the gut is where we absorb all of our nutrients from. And if our gut is inflamed from the immune system uh, acting upon the bacteria or maybe the food or the toxins that are in our food, um, creates inflammation and makes it difficult for us to absorb all of our nutrients appropriately. And that really can also trigger disease um, with um, the immune system living there in the gut and getting activated by these things. And, you know, people say, well, I want a strong immune system. Well, yes and no. You want an immune system that acts and then turns off, you know, pretty quickly so that you don't damage any of the healthy tissue that is around sort of um, these unhealthy bacteria. And um, so um, that's a big part of what we do is is getting, you know, the, the gut really healthy uh, and optimizing nutrition. And uh, anywhere that there's a source of bacteria would certainly be another potential cause of immune reactivity. Or, as I learned with um, Dr. Ray, toxins, um, pesticides, uh, chemicals. His patients come with, you know, these toxicities that have been ongoing, maybe heavy metals, that really trigger the immune system to not shut off and to just continue to react and react and react. And then that ultimately, over maybe years, contributes to disease. Um, Mold is a big, big uh, promoter of inflammation. And, you know, I I used to not be impressed with mold. I thought, oh, it's everywhere. But it it is going to be interesting to see, you know, um, what happens, you know, from Houston and the hurricanes and the flooding because of the mold that that can just grow so easily in in those water damaged homes. So you made a reference that, to environmental medicine earlier. Uh, tell us all about your experience with environmental medicine. Right, as I mentioned, um, the opportunity to work with Dr. Ray has been just really. Uh, a really fortunate thing for me because I learned so much about the environment and how it really interacts with the immune system um, to create disease processes. Um, When the immune system is triggered or over-triggered by things in the environment, 
the the body begins to react to things that maybe it's not even supposed to react to, say foods and gluten and dairy and soy and corn and all of these things that we know, you know, with um, people that have had um, problems with their gut, um, know through like the paleo diet, for instance, that, that getting rid of some of those foods really can calm down their inflammation. And I learned so much of that from Dr. Ray, mainly about the environment and its influence on on disease. And um, certainly um, people are predisposed to have trouble with the environment through their genetics, say the MTHFR gene especially, uh, creating issues with methylation and the ability to, say, get rid of heavy metals. So they they sort of... Um, can't get rid of them, so the immune system starts reacting to them to try to help, and it ends up just creating this this storm of activity and uh, and disease, you know, which usually starts with fatigue, uh, which is super common today uh, in in the world, I think, especially in America. All right. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. You're listening to Parkinson's Recovery Radio. I am your host, Robert Rogers. My guest today is Dr. Jennifer Gessman, who is a functional medicine doctor. Dr. Dale Bredesen and others have actually found ways to reverse early brain dysfunction and even reverse dementia. Now, I think listeners would love to know, how in the world are they doing this? Right. Well, they have created a um, protocol called the MEND protocol, and it's really a lot about lifestyle and decreasing inflammation in the brain. And um, and they, you know, the the nervous tissue can recover. Um, you know, we know that there's neuroplasticity that occurs, and these neurons can grow around other neurons that may have died, and and then you know create that electrical synapse all again. Um, Del Bredesen's protocol uh, is really looking at optimizing diet to minimize inflammation. There's also a process called autophagy, which is very interesting, and it's where the um, inside the brain the um, uh, cells actually get rid of some of the metabolic waste uh, while, say, you're sleeping. So fasting, he has found, is actually beneficial for the brain as long as the sugar, you know, doesn't drop too low. Um, but a 12 to 15-hour fast um, daily, and that includes overnight, you know, while you're sleeping, um, has been shown to optimize um, that autophagy process in the brain. Uh, when people have dementia, um, often there, there's an increased um, inflammatory response to certain substances, especially bacteria and things like that. So APOE4, which is a genetic um, SNP, will increase inflammation in response to bacteria. And, Robert, that helps us when we're young. But as we get older, that APOE4 and the increased inflammation creates more scar tissue that then we have to deal with that can create 
um, the dementia process. Um, optimizing sleep, we know, really, really helps with optimizing brain function, exercise, you know, really pumping the blood through the body and, and creating, um, getting rid of that toxicity that can build up in the brain. Um, he looks at B12 and homocysteine levels, keeping your fasting insulin level less than 7. Um, again, gut health, super important for brain health. They're really connected, and we're seeing that too in Parkinson's disease now as well. Um, vitamin D enhancement will calm down the immune system, keeping your vitamin D level greater than 45 to 50. Uh, and then optimizing all your antioxidants, so uh, encouraging a colorful diet filled with fruits and vegetables um, to to optimize and decrease that inflammatory response. And um, pretty much uh, optimizing uh, the mitochondria and looking for any toxicity, heavy metals. Um, and that's primarily... Uh, I think I think the just of what he's doing, but I'm sure that's going to be ever expanding as um, they learn more and more about about brain health and how to decrease inflammation. Well, that's a rich summary of his particular <laughs> approach to dementia. How can this potentially apply to individuals who experience Parkinson's symptoms? Well, you know, I. I, my father had Parkinson's, which is one reason that I was um, looking up on uh, your site, and I was um, looking into helping him. And, and when I think about now in my functional medicine approach to disease, I think of all of these diseases sort of being related, and um, the, the you know dementia related you know to brain dysfunction, um, and. So certainly Parkinson's is inflammation and disease and brought, uh, loss of neurons in the substantia nigra, which is a very small part of the brain that has such a, such a diverse um, functionality. And, um, but I think, I think what's really important for um, people experiencing this, if they're going to use a functional approach, is to begin really early, perhaps even before they're diagnosed, because of that area being so small and critical, I think Parkinson's is um, even, it's, it's really important to find it, find it early and, you know, decrease that inflammatory response uh, as soon as possible, uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Okay. <laughs> now, the immune system is, a huge factor then, as you explain, in most diseases, how can an individual calm the immune system? Right. Well, we probably only know the very tip of that iceberg, I think, and um, several of the things that we've already talked about, you know, eliminating anything that's triggering the immune system, so, you know, eliminating bacteria or toxins, heavy metals, anything that um, maybe we're reacting to in our diet. Certain foods are more likely to create an inflammatory response from um, most people, not all people, and that's where we're all very unique individuals. Um, but also um, certain things we do know about, and one would be vitamin D, you know, really optimizing that vitamin D level so that your immune system will turn on and then turn off again. 
Fish oil is another thing that can help to regulate what we consider um, regulating the immune system. And um, decreasing stress is really important to shut that immune system off when we're scared or, or, or you know, in a fearful state our immune system thinks that there's something going on that we need to react to, and it may trigger reactions to, you know, whatever environment we're in or, um, you know, just reactions that we don't need, perhaps, or intend um, to have. And and that's where I think that's that's super fascinating, and I think that's kind of the future of where we're going with uh, uh, the immune system and, and reactivity. Uh, glutathione is also a great way to to help the body decrease an, um, the oxidative stress and and help calm down the immune response to uh, different things in our body and in the environment. Um, and then again, the gut, you know, optimizing the gut. So probiotics, you know, getting healthy um, probiotic bacteria uh, growing in our gut so that we're not reacting to. Um, the bad bacteria, so they kind of colonize and kind of fight off all of the the offenders for us, and um, and so that can be hugely helpful in in protecting our our body from inflammation. Um, that's you know there's 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 different um, parts of the immune system. There's there's the Th1 and the Th2 system, and they they sort of counterbalance each other. And in the middle, you've got your T regulatory cells, which are the cells that sort of tell the immune system to calm down. And all of those things that I just mentioned, the vitamin D and the fish oil um, in decreasing stress, it really, really help turn on those T regulatory cells that, that kind of calm everything down after the immune system has, has been activated. And um, so doc, Dr. Uh, Karazian um, has amazing uh, information about that, and the the other um, doctor I think would be really great for your listeners is is Terry Walls, and she wrote a book called The Walls Protocol, and um, she's a physician that um, really turned her uh, multiple sclerosis around through lifestyle change. She was in a wheelchair and and basically decided that something was going on and and she was going to fix it, and she created. Um, a really intense protocol to optimize um, antioxidants and get rid of toxins, and and uh, it worked. Um, and she's now a speaker for functional medicine. So she um, is, is definitely um, a proponent of of all of these strategies. For listeners who'd like to know more about Dr. Wall's perspective as it applies to Parkinson's disease, she was a guest on Parkinson's Recovery Radio several years ago. So on the radio show page, you just have to scroll back about three years, and you'll find her discussion of her thinking as it applies to individuals diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I see. Well, that's great to know. I didn't know she did that. Well, see, you you had a functional medicine doctor already then. <laughs> I didn't even know that. No, she didn't use the term. So I thought maybe she was number two, not on number one. Board yet. <laughs> she, she may not have known about it back then. Seriously, I think it's really you know an up and coming field, and uh, um, she she may have stumbled upon it herself around the same time. So. <laughs> it's 
been around since the 1990s, I think, as Jeff Bland um, started it in 1991. And, you know, but just over the last couple of years is when the Cleveland Clinic opened and and it's really been expanding to include more medical doctors in, in its realm, so... So great that you had so her. I, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yes. And as I understand it, most medical doctors are still practicing what you might uh, consider to be traditional medicine uh, with uh, medicines that suppress the symptoms. Uh, and so still the number of individuals that are focused and practice functional medicine are in the minority. But as I understand it, that number is growing so listeners are more likely to find a functional medicine practitioner in their locality today than they might have a couple of years ago. Would that be a fair summary? Yes, absolutely. Even here in the Dallas area, which we, you know, a couple of years ago only had two or three. Margaret Christensen um, was here, and there was, you know, a handful. And now uh, I would say there's, you know, 20 to 30 physicians here. And people are learning a lot about it, um, looking into their own disease processes. Isabella Wentz is, you know, uh, she wrote a book on Hashimoto's thyroiditis and really using a, a functional approach to to alleviate that disease. Um, a lot of the approaches with functional medicine are really similar no matter what disease process you might have. They're very um, similar in approach, but maybe different targeted toxins or different nutrient deficiencies or genetic predispositions that we're dealing with. Uh, and so, so it's a very complex um, and a diverse array of information that you're integrating together. And I think that for your listeners that are um, considering or contemplating functional medicine, um, it is a very, very, very involved process. And, um, you know, really, if, if they're not on board with you know all of the things that are go into it it's it can be really hard to um have a success you know have a successful story um because it's not just a one and done kind of um protocol it it's looking at every you know all of the pieces and putting it all together to optimize whatever has gone wrong which is usually have been happening if you've got a disease, an advanced disease process. It's been happening for, you know, maybe five, ten years um, before you have that onset of disease from whatever created that process. So it can be really complicated, and um, and and so uh, the the intervention and the time that you will spend with that functional medicine provider will be much, you know, significantly more um, than, say, traditional, uh, a, a traditional environment. And one experience that I had, you know, working in traditional medicine, which I did for, you know, over 20 years, uh, it, 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 there was just not enough time, you know, to really be able to evaluate all of the um, perhaps things that I wanted to evaluate with patients. And um, it just made it really, really hard to to be able to um, do this kind of a strategy uh, with the time that, that we were allotted with patients. So um, hopefully um, that will also be realized and, uh, you know, that um, insurance models and things like that, you know, um, will accommodate that because 
it is just a lot of information <laughs> to to put together. So it's it sounds then like you're able to devote and spend more than 10 minutes with your patients during an appointment. I am fortunate to work in a um small concierge practice and um so I'm able to spend a lot of time with patients and I and I really um want to help them figure out what is going on so that I can help them with their um their life, you know, and and have a better quality of life. Uh our my appointments are, you know, at, at least, you know, the initial appointment will be will be 2 hours, 3 hours. Um for our physical, we do, you know, a, a um complete physical 2 to 3 hour physical really looking at everything that we can to to help optimize this person's health and prevent disease process that's our that's our real goal and i get i get so excited about people that come in when they're healthy and they have just a few little things going on but really those are just you know those are the things that if we can switch that off it's sort of like having a leak in your house and you know if you can fix it when it's really small you you you've prevented you know thousands of dollars of damage, you know, and, and if I, I hate to, um, you know, uh, put health in and, um, uh, you know, a leak in the wall, but it's sort of an analogy that to me makes sense. And, and we never know what we really prevent when we, when we really um, become active in, in looking at all of the parameters that can contribute to disease. So if a listener makes a choice to see a functional medicine doctor, as I understand it, what you're saying is they should not think or expect that it would be somewhat like taking an aspirin for a headache. The headache is there. Take the aspirin. Headache is gone. It's not as if they can have an appointment, they get a treatment or a series of treatments or a series of recommendations, and bingo, they're well. It takes a process, and it's a time. Would that be a fair summary? That would be absolutely um, accurate, uh, Robert. They, uh, you know, most of these disease processes have taken years to develop, and as we start working with the gut and the immune system, and we try to build on that, starting with the gut, um, we, you know, it takes years to perhaps get to the all of the cells that need these things, and and reverse that process and calm down the immune system. It's and it's a process, um, you know, adding on, adding on, and and hopefully making headway with certain things. Certain things, you know, I do see pretty dramatic turnaround. You know, with you know, if there's if 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 there is an easy solution, sometimes it can be quite simple. Um, but often, if it's an autoimmune disease or something like that, it can be way um, more complicated. And sometimes, if it's been going on a long time, it may be that we optimize the situation, but perhaps there isn't a real way to fix something that has you know, uh, created a disease that's in its full-blown state, you know, for instance, in-stage dementia or something like that. There's, you know, uh, unfortunately, functional medicine is best used when the disease is really early or perhaps before the disease process starts. 
I know many of you who are listening get discouraged when you pursue a particular therapy and the therapy does not succeed and you give up. So I think what I want to say in response to Dr. Uh, Gessman's uh, wonderfully eloquent explanation of what you get when you go to functional medicine is if you're going to decide to go that route, commit, hang in there. It's going to take some time. Uh, the body may rock and roll before you actually begin to feel better. But giving up early is obviously not going to yield any beneficial results whatsoever. You're listening to Parkinson's Recovery Radio. This is Robert Rogers, founder of Parkinson's Recovery, which is dedicated to provide information, support, and resources to individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. If you'd like to be able to get in touch with Dr. Kessman, she has an email which I want to give to you now. That email, and I'm going to spell it very slowly, is J-K-E-S-S-M-A-N-N-M-D at gmail.com, G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. So it's basically her first initial, her last name, and then M-D. So jkessmanmd at gmail.com. So, Dr. Kessman, what has been your experience with environmental impact of electromagnetic fields and brain dysfunction? Robert, that's something that I've um, been learning about really from working at the Environmental Health Center in Dallas. And um, they see, he sees a lot of patients that are experiencing some issues uh, with the electromagnetic fields. And it's a very new and kind of um, mysterious um, concept, but the, uh, you know, our bodies are electric, and there's no doubt about that. You know, we check EKGs and we we check EEGs, you know, looking at the electricity flowing through the brain and flowing through the heart. And it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's come to be, you know, we've been living with electricity and electric fields for many, many years. But I think it's, you know, the the exponential growth of these um, fields that are now starting to perhaps cause some issues for people. Um, there's a lot of research going on, and uh, the some of the uh, frequencies seem to open up the calcium ion channels in um, especially the heart and um, can create issues with, say, tachycardia or uh, in the brain. The, the most common symptoms people are getting is ringing in their ears, fatigue, and uh, brain fog, um, and insomnia. And I've just seen insomnia skyrocket. And I can't say there's a direct relationship, but it just seems that you know, 20 years ago, I did not see the amount of insomnia that I see today. Um, it's it's really um, most people have trouble sleeping, and um, and it's these things are invisible, so it's hard to understand how they're affecting us. Uh, but I think we're going to learn a lot about that in the upcoming years, and um, it'll be interesting to see what results from that. 
Do you have any specific recommendations of how people can insulate themselves from exposure to these electromagnetic fields? I have a, a few suggestions. One that I tell my kids all the time is, you know, put your cell phone in airplane mode. Don't put that in your pocket. And um, you know, in, and hopefully um, that you know, when you when your phone is in airplane mode, it's not. Uh, transducing, and it's not the the radiation frequencies are the same that come from a microwave oven. So they're just maybe at lower amounts, but they're pulsating, and it's that pulsating uh, effect that can really cause um, our cells to be sort of, you know, confused. You know what's going on, and so when the cell phone is trans transmitting, it it will um, cause spikes of uh, radiation instead of a constant, you know, field. And the same thing happens with uh, computers and and um, smart meters. But you know, I I um, encourage people to turn off their Wi-Fi at night if they can. Um, get you know devices away from the head of their bed. You know things like um, the even the um, cellular. Uh, what do you, the cordless phones, the the transducers there, and the baby monitors, uh, believe it or not, actually have um, you know high frequency uh, microwave radiation coming from them. And and I think it used to be okay, but now that we have so many other sources, that you know anything that you can sort of unload your bucket, you know, then that can be helpful um, to protect you from from these things if you're experiencing issues. And a lot of people don't realize that they're having issues from them, but uh, I would say at um, Dr. Ray's clinic that smaller, the smaller-framed people seem to be the ones that are complaining the most. Uh, and I, I just have to say that their nerves are closer to the surface. Um, there was also Dr. Ortega in uh, UT Dallas did a study on uh, um, the ability of... Um, um, electromagnetics to trigger pain in people with amputations. And so if you can imagine that the the nerve is more exposed um, to the open, you know, environment when you have an amputation and it's able to be triggered from perhaps this electricity or, or electric field. So it's really interesting to think about, and it's, it's um, I think we're going to learn a lot about it. So... But thank you for your people. question. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love to talk about that. So. Many Go people ahead. diagnosed with Parkinson's disease uh, have stress that's off the charts. Uh, they, for lots of reasons, uh, find that they have lots and lots of anxiety. What really is the influence of stress on a disease like Parkinson's? Well, well, I think you know anything that you can do to calm your sympathetic nervous system, that nervous system that's turning on that inflammatory response, and 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 learn how to um, sort of be in the stress without allowing it to affect your health, and that's what I try to teach my patients is is how to um, accommodate and work with the stressful environments that we are exposed to nowadays. You know, we're just so busy all of the time, but learning how to turn all of that off and, and certainly meditation and yoga, calming music, all of those things can really, really help with um, um, 
perhaps Parkinson's. I don't know evidence based on that, but I'm sure um, that there there probably is some evidence to suggest that. I I went to the Functional Medicine Forum this year in L.A. and um, there was a physician that that was um, using music and uh, to calm the immune system and actually was really helping people with, say, tremor and things like that. And it, it was very, very interesting to watch. He had videos of, you know, what he he um, did with patients, and it was it was just fascinating. Um, there's a, another doctor, Annie Hopper, and, and she talks a lot about retraining our brain to not flip on, uh, so to speak, towards certain things. So, so for instance, like PTSD, you know, learning how to retrain that brain so that it doesn't flip on the immune system um, to react to uh, chemicals or, you know, whatever the environment that triggered that trauma, uh, traumatic event, uh, to decrease the inflammation and immune response and stress response and finding that that's really important. Um, just recently I went to the Detox ISM uh, series and um, they presented an article, one of the speakers presented an article about how um, the uh, immune system actually spits out wide blood cells in response to stress. And I just was like, that is that is so what I've seen, but now they actually have evidence to, to prove that that's going on. And I think that's really important as a piece of calming uh, down disease processes, learning how not to have road rage and <laughs> learning how to sit in traffic and, you know, um, um, be, being calm um, and it, how it can really help uh, not only, you know, how you feel, but even, you know, uh, perhaps disease processes that we think are, are not reversible. So really fascinating to think about. You mentioned Annie Hopper. She also has been a former guest on Parkinson's Recovery <laughs> Radio and okay. discussing her novel approach to what can be uh, very beneficial for individuals who experience neurological challenges. So those of you who are interested in pursuing knowing more and more about her wonderful work, uh, the radio show was aired about two or three years ago. If you go here on the radio show page, just scroll back about three pages. We've got now uh, 10 or 11 pages of 20 shows per page so you have to do a little looking but you'll find that interview which is quite fascinating for persons who are looking for answers of how they can calm their stress and their anxiety so dr kessman many individuals in my audience uh, basically get a bit overwhelmed by the many 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 different choices and options and opportunities that we have identified who can help them heal their particular symptoms. And so sure. what happens is they oftentimes get stuck and they really can't take any action because they don't know what to do first. What oh, kind yeah. of recommendation would you make uh, to someone who's been listening to your marvelous, wonderful, eloquent suggestions of what steps you can take? What would you want to say to them about what? Well, how do you get started? Right, right. Great question, Robert. Thank you for your um, nice words. And um, I, I think you know, functional medicine. Looking at 
the gut and really optimizing what's going on in the gut. So uh, optimizing probiotics, getting a probiotic with, you know, 8 to 12 strains of different bacteria, that that can make a huge impact on um, a lot of different disease processes, um, just that in and of itself. Um, you know, optimizing the diet, so lots of fruits and vegetables and, you know, lean, healthy meats, organic, if you can, looking at the, the Dirty Dozen organic list um, and purchasing those foods organic, I think that's that can make huge strides um, to start allowing the body to get rid of some of the toxic impacts. I mean, pesticides and, you know, Parkinson's are, are go together, and certainly nowadays, you know, our food is sprayed with pesticides. And so, um, you know, looking at eliminating what you can and as best you can and, and certainly uh, that, those two things and, and drinking healthy water. I think it really does come down to the basics. So getting um, a slightly alkaline, perhaps spring water from glass bottles, I think, you know, really optimizing that um, and optimizing your detox methods. I, I'm probably getting overwhelmed <laughs> already, but, but I get so excited. And, and, and um, the, uh, you know, optimizing um, our sources of detox. So sources of detox are sweat, urine, and stool. And that's really, you know, those are the primary, you know, basic methods of detoxing. So making sure you're having bowel movements every day and urinating often and getting a good sweat in every now and then. Um, I think those can make... Um, a real good impact and, um, you know, make people at least feel better for sure, um, you know, with just those simple, simple strategies. I have one final question for you. There are many listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio and members of my audience who hold near and dear to their heart the belief that Parkinson's is a degenerative condition, that it's progressive. In other words, it continues to get worse. Is that belief true? Oh, well, goodness, I, I don't think that the um, complete verdict is out on that one. I think that, you know, the, the research that I've looked at, um, I think that brain inflammation, you know, now that we're seeing with like the work of Dale Bredesen, that brain inflammation can be reversed. And knowing that Parkinson's is an environmental, uh, has a lot of environmental impact, I I just have to believe that that um, there is hope. And um, especially, like I mentioned, you know, catching it really, really early uh, and, and, and kind of turning it back perhaps slowing the progression of that process, the inflammatory process that's going on in the, in the brain in that area. Um, and, the, and the area doesn't get really good blood flow, as I understand. So, so perhaps that's why it seems to be involved um, more often um, in Parkinson's disease. So very... Um, I hope they find find ways to deal with it because that's kind of what functional medicine is all about. Once again, for those of you who'd like to be able to contact Dr. Jennifer Kessman, her email address is J-K-E-S-S-M-A-N-N 
M-D at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. Dr. Kissman, on behalf of the many thousands of listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio, I want to thank you from the bottom of all of their hearts for taking this time to provide such rich and informative insights about the causes of disease and the kind of steps people with Parkinson's symptoms can take to help them feel a great deal better. Well, Robert, it's been a pleasure to be here, and I certainly hope that uh, the information um, is able to help help your listeners and um, anyone else out there that that needs this information. So thank you for having me. And uh, those of you who are listening know that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all of the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and to be sure, all of the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact that you happen to be listening to this radio show interview today with Dr. Jennifer Cressman, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. It is holiday time, and may you have some magnificent holiday celebrations. We look forward to connecting with you soon on our next Parkinson's Recovery Radio interview. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Robert.